When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Maples, a.k.a. J. Mapes, here as always with Kings. Brother Kings, is the microphone checked? I mean, it looks like it's, it's, it's good. Man. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah, we good. We hear you loud and clear over here. Yeah, we got about 10, 10 tweets, messages talking about the mic level. So we, we appreciate that feedback. We got it right. We're going we gonna to get y'all straight. You good, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm good. Does it sound good? I'm talking Let about in life. Aside, aside from the microphone, in life, you good? You oh, good? life is good, man. Life <laughs> is solid, man. We we doing better. Uh, football's not going good, but <laughs> maybe. I told you, better. man. I, I'm I'm on sabbatical to December 26th, man. I, for my mental health, man. Okay, I I got told you I got Cowboys, Dak, Zeke, Coop, CD. It's all muted. On, it's all muted on the timeline, man. Yeah, it's yeah, all y'all muted. got that those injuries though, so I can't. It's all muted. I can't. It's all muted. I can't even. I don't even see it. So, <laughs> hoop, hoop. <laughs> they try. They coming for your pack, man. Just like they coming for me. Right. So, all right. Well, let's start with obviously the biggest story in the NBA right now. Steph is approaching the all-time three-point record. Um, there's been a little bit of a, a debate around whether he's pressing. Last six games, he gets close. 33% shooting on 21 field goal attempts. He's taking 14 uh, threes a game. Kind of hit a snag. Uh, I think a lot of the Sixers game was, you know, Matisse putting putting them clamps on you, boy. That's probably the yeah. best I've seen somebody defend Curry in a while uh, on and off the ball. <clears throat> but what, what do you make of this as, you know, Steph's play as he's approaching a three-point record? I, I think he's really I think he's really trying to force it. Um, it. I mean, it's been like a couple of games where people have looked at his shot chart and it's literally been either all threes or 90 percent threes or something like some crazy number. Like it's he's really trying to go for that record. It's affecting his play style. And as a result, it's affecting the team. I think he needs to settle down, just calm down and just play regular style of hoop and let it come to him. I think he's trying too hard for that record. Yeah, I think he's too. uh too dynamic of a player to have a, a Duncan Robinson type shot chart. Uh, that's kind of wild to me. It just yeah, he's, he's elite at all three levels. Um, a lot of people are talking about he's maybe slowing down or not slowing down, but possibly not being as aggressive to the rack or or off the dribble because he's not getting the foul calls uh, this year. But I just think he's too dynamic and too good. Too. I, mean, I mean, who's getting the foul calls? Right, right. That, right they live, they live, <laughs> you know not, what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any one player who's getting. <laughs> a lot of foul calls this year, honestly. Like, have you seen anybody talk about one guy getting a lot Real of talk? I, 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 I got to say this. Your, uh, your Naija boy, bro, Embiid, he might be a generational grifter, man, because that man still had 10 free throw attempts a game. 
Um, <laughs> he's master. He's master. But he's also a power player, so he attracts. That's, contact that's true. Too. That's true. But that man still sitting at ten free throw attempts a game was kind of amazing to me, even with all the changes. So, yeah, that that that, that might be it. Um, so tied to this situation, you know, they interviewed Ray Allen on Dan Patrick's show. He caused a lot of uproar. I think I kind of understood it, but the wording of it was kind of, you know, you know, those uh, light years and, and, and Steph gang is different. Uh, they feel he's been slighted. So <laughs> uh, when Dan Patrick said, as Steph, was he the, as Ray Allen, was he the best shooter or Steph about to be the best shooter? Ray Allen was like, no, nah, you can still call me that. Um, how do you think Ray uh, what do you think Ray meant by that? And do you think that's kind of valid? I think I think Ray was basically just having confidence in himself. I think right. he, he looks at it from the perspective that um he uh he played in an era where they didn't emphasize shooting a lot of threes. Uh he was also, you know, a lot of people don't know early Ray was also getting to the cup pretty soon in mid-range. He was very dynamic as a as a young player. So I think in his mind, it's like, man, if I came up in this era. With these spacing principles, if I was allowed to take 12 threes a game every year, you know what I mean? I, I would I would be I would be right there. And, and you know what I mean? It's like for a guy who's as good as he was shooting, as clutch as he was shooting, why should he not feel that way? You know what I mean? It's like why should he feel like he's not as good? It's like when some when some people feel some Alzheimer's feel like they're better than LeBron, et cetera. It's like, <laughs> why would somebody not feel that way if they were that good? Like there's that time. Like remember, I, I remember watching an old school thing in the '90s about Wilt, and Wilt was talking about the best players of all time. He said, "Yeah, Jordan is great, but he's all you also have to remember he's playing in a different time than me." Russell played, you know, and he started right. talking about how him and Russell were were in this specific era, and, and talk about how you got to understand how we impacted the game and how great we were, and we could still do the same things today. Like every all timer is gonna feel like that, and I right. think people need to stop looking at it like these are all time great players who played in the game at the highest level, they're not fans. You know what I mean? Like, they're not fans of these guys. These are their peers. Yeah, I think um, Kenny Smith talked about this a few times on Inside the NBA. He's like, what separates all-timers from the rest of everybody else is is delusion. Like, yeah. they really think that nobody on earth can mess with them. And, they, like, that's really the, the attitude that they come with. So I, I get that, too. I remember even, like, Carl um, Malone during the last dance, and then he was like, y'all talking about Mike a lot, but, you know, I was a I was an MF too. Y'all better mm-hmm. recognize. <laughs> so it was like just little stuff like that where you could tell guys were like, they they salivate or they, you could tell they even pondered, like, if I could play today, well, well, you know how OGs are, just even in all aspects of life, not just, just right. sports. So <laughs> it kind of is what it is. Right. Um, I mean, when any any OG who you who was elite at their craft, when they see the next com- next up-and-coming player, you know, they'll sh- or next up and coming person, they're gonna show their respect, but they're they're not gonna downplay themselves. Yeah, you know I, I mean? I, I've never heard. I've never heard, I heard very rarely have I heard a, a OG who was toward the, near the top or considered the best of the game be like, "Hey, he was he's better than I was." Like you, ne- you never hear that. <laughs> so I think there, there there's something to that. But what they get me thinking, like, man, if if Ray's one of those players where if he gets drafted ten years later and plays in this era the conversations about him as an all-timer may be different. You know I'm saying? Because it's just this era is completely, Absolutely. completely conducive to his skill set. I, I mean, I mean, look, at he had the shot. Right, him. right. He, he had the – I mean, like, are people going to say he didn't have the ability? He just didn't get the volume up. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And even though he's second all time in threes made, and, and he's at forty percent flat for his career, which is elite for the for the. And and, and, and he played in the dead ball era. Right. Again, so, right. again, people need to understand as great as Curry is, he's just about to pass up Ray Allen. Uh, you know what I mean? With the amount of volume Curry has taken every year, he's just about to pass up Ray Allen, and Ray Allen did what Curry did at forty percent. Like people are talking about. Um, you know, I mean, I honestly have to because we've always had this assumption that Clay Thompson's second best shooter. I don't even know. I think honestly, I think that's us. I don't even know if you can put him above Ray too. If we're really looking at, it, if we really look at the play styles, right, and how, how these guys have played, like Ray Allen. Really, we need to really stop and think about the eras these people played in. Like yeah, Ray think, Allen is yeah. second all time in threes with forty percent. That's incredible. Yeah, I think I think the the off the dribble aspect makes it a different Curry. Well, Curry is I think clear cut because. It's off the right, dribble right, and spot up, right? So it's, it's everything. But talking class, I think you got to factor in the off the dribble stuff for Ray. Like it's funny, like Milwaukee Ray, like would get really get busy off the dribble, <laughs> and people don't just remember the ball Miami and Celtics Ray, who was spotting up and playing in the system. So that's interesting what they 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 choose to see. I mean, and, and give it to Ray Allen, he still got the volume up even with right. the dead buyer. He was getting up eight seven a game, right from yeah. three. Like he was that. He was. He was something people ain't never saw before when he when he came out. He right. played how good he was from three. So yeah, I, uh, put him in this era. Whew. I always think about what what a certain guy. I think like Ray and Reggie are the main two. Like if they were today, were you encouraged to take threes? I wonder what they you know because Ray uh, Reggie's third all time. You know Ray passed him. So I always think that what what it would look like if those guys were encouraged to shoot a bunch you know double digit threes per game, right? And offense was designed around that. How, how things would have looked for those two. So, you know, just something interesting to think about. Um, somewhat tied to Steph. Steph, obviously, uh, one of the top three candidates for MVP. We got to talk about Jokic, man. We we, we got yeah. to. So, this dude, 27-14-7 uh, and seven on 58% shooting, 37% from three, 75 from the line. Uh, the last seven games, the Nuggets are a plus 189 when he's on, minus 188 when he's off the floor. He leads the NBA by a wide margin. He has a, his individual net rating is plus 29.1, which is absolutely dominant when he's on. Um, Giannis is in a distant second at 22.5. So it's like, I, and here's the thing, like we, we've always, I think me and you have had similar standards when, you know, passing out this, is he the best player crown? Like, has there been playoff success? Has it been sustained? You know, what was the situation around it? I think it's weird with Jokic because you can tell he belongs in the conversation. Absolutely. But the playoff success is like we just have he's never been he, he made it to the conference finals. I made the conference finals once. You made the conference finals once. So you no, know, I'll give it to him. He's been in the second round in the Western Conference every single time he's been there. That's right. You know, the that's first true. time he went there, he they beat the Spurs, they pushed the, the Blazers seven. Uh, you know, then they he beat Kawhi, uh, you know, it came back. Uh, he and then last year, you know, with his guys out, he he still got a, a, another first round win against the game again. So he's beaten um, some big names. I think Jokic is one of those talents. It's gonna be weird. Uh, we're in a, we're gonna be in a parody. I think he's one of those talents. It's gonna all fall in place for him. I can easily see Jokic winning a championship in the NBA. Like I, I can truly see that. He's he's a very physical three level scoring big. It's actually right. very it's, it's weird how it's what type of archetype he is. We've never seen it. We've never seen him before. We really have not because he's very very very. I mean, he's one of the best passers in the league right. at any position. Period. Point blank at any position. Because it's like it's like it's, it's like 
it's like Bill Walton's passing, right? It's like Dirk shooting. It's and, like, then, and then he has that, uh, man, what he has that, like, the phys, his physical style kind of reminds me of like uh, Zebo. That's what I'm saying, right? So this is a hybrid of all these great bigs we've seen put it all together. Yeah, he's he's like very nimble on his feet, but he's very tough. You know, I mean, it's hard to move him off his block. He's very physical, very strong. He has good footwork, has great touch, like Dirk, and he has you know, and he's just very cerebral. So, man, he's he's very he's very. I I I really think once the Nuggets get healthy, man, it's gonna be tough to 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 stop this this team. that, That that team has. It's a shame because this year I think the parity is where it has hasn't been in, in a long time. I think it's Man, a few it really teams I can probably think, but they got over two hundred and fifty million dollars on IR like for the season. It's, it's so, <laughs> so like he might be having a rougher situation as far as what team success will bring his individual abilities, but man, his ability to control a game from the center spot. I just and this is all due respect to all the great. I'm not saying he's better than these guys from the past. You know the Shaqs, the Akeems. Will Kareem, you know, those type of guys. But I just don't remember any of them controlling the game nah, deliberately nah, from nah, the nah. center spot like that. The worst, nah, the best nah. I can think of is Shaq, because Shaq, Shaq would just eat up the tempo of the game. He thought he'll he'll slow down. Shaq would slow down the whole game because you have to foul him every time or it's a dunk. But I mean, like deliberately, I'm controlling this game as a point center and doing what I want. I just I don't think we've ever, ever seen that before. Yeah, I think with Tim Duncan, he was able to do so in his early days. On the low block with it's true, true, true. true. With yeah. the bank shot, then defensively, I think also like you said, Shaq offensively was just able to just draw everybody in with his inside gravity, and then you had Hakeem as, as well with his footwork on the block, slow the tempo down, destroy his one on one, be able to pass out there, and then also take over the game defense. I think that's the type of you know. But you look at look at who we just named. Right, that's <laughs> you know what I mean. Look at who we just named. You know what I mean, Tim right. Duncan. Shaquille O'Neal and Akeem Olajuwon, those are some of the greatest players to ever play basketball. So that's the type of names we're bringing up when we're talking about who Jokic is like. This is great company, man. I'm very excited for the big man in the NBA today, man. I'm super excited. And, you you know, we have the young guy, Mobley, just completely turned around the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not Obviously not on his own, but with his other fellow big man too, Jared Allen. So, man, I'm loving the NBA. I'm loving the way Hoop is being played right now. I know you. I know you. I know you like the big man. We had this era, man, where it was just so many guard-centric things and so many perimeter-oriented stuff. And you can have like the Hardens just come and win sixty games because he can just get to the line, control the whole game the whole time, get any foul he wants, and chuck up a bunch of threes and score all volume, right? Volume from threes, volume from free throws. But you don't have that anymore, right? They're letting the big men play now. The big men have also caught up the talent-wise and athletic-wise and and uh, archetype-wise. So. Jokic, man, I, I really believe Jokic can win a chip. And to me, it speaks volumes to see him play the way he is. He has every excuse in the world. MPJ is right. out. <laughs> Murray's out. But you know what he said? You know what? Jump on my I'm back. Playing, I'm playing for me. You know what I mean? Like, this is my legacy. How do I want to be remembered? I have nothing but respect for guys who come out there and you know they want to be the best. You know what I mean? And that's the type of thing we've criticized a certain somebody, you know, on, on a certain team for. Like, you want guys who want to come out there and prove to you every night, no, nah, I'm one of the best in this league. Like, it's a certain special type of mentality. And I, I remember Jokic said something now early on in his career, and I was like, man, this guy, he's bold, but I don't know if he's that good. When he was talking to Shaq, he was like, and I think it was year three when this is the Nuggets had that breakout. I think it was the last year of KD's last year in Golden State. He was talking to Shaq. He said, Shaq, you know, I don't think I could cover you. 
I know for sure you can't cover me. And I was like, man, who this guy talking? I'm like, who is this dude? Nikola Jokic. I'm like, you okay, but don't be talking like that to Shaq. But hey, hey he wasn't lying. <laughs> he wasn't lying, boy. He was not lying. And Jokic is the truth. He has the mentality. And I, I have nothing but respect for Jokic playing that. So rank him right now, December 12th, 2021. He is the blank best player in the NBA right now before we move on. Right now, right now, <laughs> right now, Nikola Jokic is playing like the best player in the NBA. That's, that's what it is. That's what it Spicy. is. Okay. He's playing like the best player in the NBA. I have to give it up to him. Is he the best? I don't know, but he's playing like he's the best. Right. The, the sustainability has to come next. So we're, uh, we got Kings on wax. All right. So speaking about uh, Kings was talking about bigs, the, the Pacers finally – this is crazy. We actually record an episode talking about the Pacers. What are they doing? They just blow the whole thing up. Right. According to Woj, they're finally taking calls on Sabonis, Turner, and Levert. They can't trade Brogdon. He just signed an extension, so he can't be moving to the offseason. Um, man. So, we obviously agree with them breaking it up. We've, we've talked about it. Let's talk Miles Turner because obviously it was leaked uh to the Lakers about about uh being interested in Miles Turner. Uh there's obviously stuff to talk about as far as compensation and how they make salaries match and all that. But would you like that fit? For the Lakers, Miles Turner? Yeah. I think it's a great fit because um I'm just not sure how they can get a, a wing that they need to get to the to, to make that championship run. I think for the Lakers, with with the with the only assets available to them, they have to make a decision uh, come at the deadline. It's either you go all in for a wing of high quality, or you get a big that you can actually play that can actually make AD be able to play at the four. Uh, and, and you can and you know you're you're able to not lose any versatility offensively or defensively. So for them, it's really we need to get a Miles Turner, like really only Miles Turner. That's the only big they're able to do that can fit that. Or we get you know try and shoot for a Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes. You know, uh, our, you know Atlanta has a whole ton of wings. People are saying that they might want to move off Reddish. I don't know if that's a real possibility, but you know I don't think I don't think it is. But you know. Atlanta has a whole bunch of wings. I don't know if they're up for sale or anything like that, but you know, it's one of those things where they have to see, can, can we call up Atlanta and see if they have any wings on the block? <laughs> can we get Jeremy Grant? Can we get Harrison Barnes or can we get Miles Turner? I think that's, those are the, those are the top choices I think they have at the deadline. I think Miles Turner fits because he can shoot the three. He's a very great rim protector. He's mobile on his feet. Uh, he's going to help space the floor offensively as well as help them defensively, give them that anchor that's going to mostly protect Russ, also take pressure off Braun and let AD do, be his best as a as a uh, help side uh, rim protector as well as help, help, allow AD to focus more energy on being a versatile defender as opposed right. to also being an anchor as well. So I think he, he works really well for the team. And then it, what it also does is that it, it takes off less pressure on Ariza to come in and be a, a savior of the team as well. So, um, like I said, either Miles Turner or one of those uh, uh, quality wings and Grant Barnes or, or any are off uh, Atlanta, whether it's Bogey or whether it's Reddish, uh, those I think 
are the choices that's going to really take LA over the top. And uh, if you can sneak in Holiday in that uh, <laughs> by offering some of those seconds uh, Washington sent you, uh, that would be another uh, great move to shore up that two spot because I think that's going to be another thing for them to try. And yeah, it's just and tough. And it's just tough. You got to see because, you know, the Lakers, are they're worried about adding more salary, which is why they, you know, didn't re-sign certain guys. That's the only thing you got to consider. But I do like the idea. But moving off seconds is taking in salary. I don't know if they're gonna, you know. Woo. I, I mean, hey, hey, like I told people, it's it, it pay, you gotta pay to win. If you want, <laughs> if you want to win, you you gotta make your you gotta make your mind up, bro. That's true. That's true. You gotta That's make true. your mind up. Do you want to win or not? Yeah, I mean, as, as far as Turner for me, uh, I think me and you were on the same page. We don't love the two big thing, but my thing was if if Vogel is gonna lean into it and AD is gonna insist that he's a four. You might as well put the best version of it out there, which is a center that can shoot, who can also defend, and you know help with AD's load on both ends. Turner can help with the with the roaming, the shot blocking. He's not a great rebounder, but I did love about when I was looking up at Turner's uh, Turner's profile on B-ball index. He's in the ninety-seven percentile as a role man, and that only gets better with with Russ and LeBron initiating it. And 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 think and and I think his versatility being able to shoot also helps open right. that up. His team, exactly, so. exactly. He's going to get way more respect. You know, people keep telling me, you know, and, and I want to talk about that tweet that people try to raise me on. Miles turn the holiday. People keep telling me about what the Lakers can and can't do. Well, for, let me tell you guys something first of all, because I think you you guys forgot how the NBA's ran in 2021. Okay, first of all, GMs love first round draft picks. Like that should be. That should be common sense at this point. It's caught, it's caught yeah, because it's 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 cost controlled. That's the cost control. <laughs> it's cost control asset keeps your job there because now you're saying, hey, I'm securing picks for the future. You know, we can maybe hit a home run, especially with the Lakers' 2027 picks. Like, hey, we don't know if how 80 is going to be in 2027. They might be a horrible team. You know, LeBron's going to retire in like the next three, four years. So it's like Russ is going to be gone. Who knows who they who they sign after that? So you know what I mean? It's like that's a call. That's a that's a for the Lakers. That's a that's a that's a good pick because it's way down the line. It's like they, they might be terrible. You know what I mean? Because they were terrible before. They might be again once their star, once the old star falls off. Right. And then it's like. THT is a 21-year-old raw talent that you can develop. And the key thing, he's in a cost-controlled contract. Yeah. 21 years old on a four-year, $40 million deal. Like, bro, that is what GMs live for. You was, know it what I mean? was it 330? Was it 330 or 440? I don't want to say I think I, it might be 440 or 330, but it's, it's 10, 10, 10, 10 years. 10, per, 10, 10, 10, 10 years yeah. per, and he's 21 years old. This is what GMs live for. Young guys you can develop that don't cost you much. This is the type of asset they always value. They always overvalue these assets. And let me tell you guys something about Miles Turner. We love him as a role guy. We love him as his archetype. I'm not sure if GMs love this guy. I know, right? It's kind of crazy. He's been on the trade block. I I kid you not. I swear, I feel like he's been on the trade block for three years. Like, for three seasons, he's been on this trade block, and nobody has budged. I think the closest was... Boston, right, trying to send him there on the signing tee, and they completely forgot and said, "Forget this," and we and sent him to Charlotte. Right, you know what I mean. So it's, it, it, I don't know, I don't know what it is with GMs. I don't know if it's the contract for his archetype, but they do not value Miles Turner enough to give up any assets for him. And it's like there's been many teams that needed a big. I've heard from people who talk to people that his attitude isn't the greatest. I've heard some of that too. So that's that's I, that's I that's, that's that for Indiana as well. That's, and that's what he I did, heard. He did come out and say he wanted to be featured. You know what? You know what? That was gonna leave that. That doesn't bother me 
because it, it doesn't what? bother me, but I'm saying it might it might bother GMs. That's true. You know that's I mean? true. But that doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. if they see him as a certain vision, and they see the money he's making, the way he's talking, they're like, yeah, we don't want this. You know what I mean? Like that. That's the thing. It's like teams who need a big. Do they want to invest that much capital in Miles Turner? The Lakers would willingly do that because they love bigs. That's just right. what, because of AD. But most teams will not be would not be willing to do that. So it's like been on the block for uh, so long now. Nobody's made a move. Like this guy is not somebody who's ungettable. Like you know, what I mean, if he was that type of player, he would have been traded a long time ago. Because I swear, Indiana has been trying to trade him ever since the bonus got on the scene. They've been trying to move Miles. Like. That's they've been trying to move them out. Yeah. So woo, we'll see what happens. Um, so bonus and the vert. So where do you, where, where do you think teams would be interested in, in uh Sabonis and the Vert? I, obviously, my first thing for Sabonis, I know Dallas is really looking. Well, Porzingis is playing out of his mind this year. So I don't know about Dallas, but I know that uh Portland was also in on Turner. They need another, they're trying to get off, they're trying to get more defensive minded. With Billups, they still 29th. Um, Dallas, possibly, as far as getting, uh, you know, maybe in on Levert, but they really want some more help for Luca. So, um, what would you like to see? I know you're, we're, we, we're both not as high on him as everybody else because the numbers look gaudy, but we're both, I think we've both seen him enough to be like, mm, this is not moving me like that or moving as far as a contender or helping a, a deep playoff team. It's not moving us to that level. So, what do you think Sabonis is a good fit or something realistic for him that you think he's a good fit? He could be a better Nurk for Portland. I can definitely see that. Um, he could help out Sack. Mm-hmm. I can also see that. Um, on the East, you know, I have all, all the teams that, you know, that are need a big. He could definitely help out Boston. I definitely think he could help out the the because the, the Celtics, not only they lack size, they lack playmaking. So I think he can yeah. go he'll come in and fill in both of them. I actually think that's probably I think that's probably the best playoff team he could help off the jump because they also have great perimeter defense, smart, Schroeder, uh Tatum, Jalen Brown. So I think he can come in and fit in right away with the Celtics. So I actually think that's the best destination for Sabonis. Um as far as Levert, like uh, Dallas, I think is the key. Uh you get the wing defender as well the perimeter score. That could play off the playmaker and Luca, but can also go one on one and take Luca's uh, help spell Luca off from the scoring load, and and he could just come in and fit in right away. I think Dallas is a, a big time spot for Levert where he will get his looks as well as be able to contribute towards winning. Right. And take off pressure off the star. Oh, I mean, also Levert would obviously help out the Lakers. But uh, Levert is actually a coveted player. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was saying. Teams will try to trade for him, so I'm not. That's not that's not somebody I'm looking at. Right. And speaking of trades, moving on. So Woj out the blue reported that Steam is picking up on a Ben Simmons uh, move as far as trading. Um, he said there are a bunch of two and three team trade deals getting discussed to try to move him. But the Sixers ultimate goal is to land a top 25 player. Um, my question for you. I don't know how how similar we feel on Simmons, but how realistic do you think it is for Philly to try to push for a top 25 player in return for Ben Simmons? Well, who do they consider top 25? That's also a fair question. You know what I mean? (laughs) Who do you consider top 25? Uh, Is it Jalen Brown? You know what I mean? Like, 
like who do you consider CJ McCone 25 or something? Like, because you're not going to get Dame, you know what I mean? You're not going to get a, a Jason Tame type. You're not going to get a Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell. So how do you, well, so the Celt, how, how does, do you like that Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown trade? Not really. See, that's what I was asking for. for and, and I say not really because it, it's, it's going to be weird because they really need – I think they really just need a real big man. You know what oh. I mean? They need to stop stop stockpiling these power wings. right? Like, Denson is going to come in. He's going to improve their defense. He's going to improve their playmaking. But now you just lost your second-best scorer who opens up your offense from the perimeter. Right. And Ben Simmons is not going to feel that. So now you put more pressure on Jason Tatum to score better. But maybe Ben Simmons opens his game up more right. because, you know, he's setting him up better. But like I said, I really feel like Sabonis fits that better for them in the sense that he would be a big that could rebound, box out. And then he's also going to be able to play make to get those guys open from, from getting touches. But I feel like Ben Simmons is probably you people argue for Ben Simmons being better and that he's a pace pusher as well can actually control the ball from the perimeter, which I think will take uh, pressure off these other guards who play off ball more. But yeah, it, it's going to be tough because, I mean, it's going to be tough because you're going to have to, you're going to lose a scoring void with Jalen Brown, and you're, you're going to basically be asking Schroeder and Jason Tatum to make that up. So right. that's yeah. really what it comes down to. My thing with Ben is there's probably, honestly, just looking at him being all jokes aside, the stuff I've said, there's probably like 15 teams at least that he makes better by acquiring him in the regular season. Right. The issue is the last two years, we've seen what it looks like in the playoffs when that second round, they hone in on him or they take away what he wants to do. And he's just not the most, he's not the most aggressive guy. I think like, honestly, like I hate throwing the word choke around, but that that's kind of what it was last year against Atlanta. He just was not the, – the moment overwhelmed him. Like, I understand playing bad, like guys miss shots, guys make bad decisions, but to not even step out on that ledge and attempt to throw yourself into the mix, like it was clearly the moment was too big for him. So what team with that on the tape the last two years, you know, multiple scoring playoff, multiple scoring playoff, scoreless playoff games, like – what team is going to throw a lot of assets at that who has championship, you know, aspirations? That's why I said Portland, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with John Rivers here. Shout out John I don't think Portland want to win. They want to yeah, keep game happy no, and don't. sell tickets. So. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. That, 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 that's, that's been proven. But, hey, I, 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 shout out John Rivers. He did say, <laughs> you know, selling tickets, keep make sure the product is good. So, <laughs> so I, get, I get that with Portland, but um, – I think Ben Simmons, the two best teams for him, you know, one of them, I'll, I'll go ahead and say the non-championship team, the Wolves. I think Ben Simmons needs to go to a team that has a scoring three-point shooting center and guards that can shoot and play off his playmaking, that need his playmaking. The Wolves are one, but this is the championship team that I think they need to make a serious look at and it's a match made in heaven, I think, for him. The Nuggets. Huh. I think the Nuggets need to get their picks, take Michael Porter Jr., and go to Philly and say, look, you need a wing scorer. We need 
a power wing defender. Let's talk. <laughs> let, huh. Let's let's talk. Let's that's, talk. That's, like that's, like that's, that's interesting. It. That's I think it. just. I think they got to wave a bunch because he's injured. You have to wave the physical and stuff, and 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 I think there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. So that's interesting. If Porter was healthy, that's something I look at. Also, the Nuggets gave him a bunch of their picks to get Aaron Gordon. So that's the other thing you got to look at. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think Portland is the is the most because I'm looking at Philly. I've watched them when Embiid plays. They're a a, a, a a contending team, like just how it looks on the eye test. Right. If they add a somebody, I know they're hunting for a top 25 player, but if you can even add CJ McCollum to that. Right. You know, I think it looks, it takes them to another level. Just a guy who's like, who's shown he can compete in big games in the past, a veteran. But I understand you put a lot of stock in the Simmons. He was part of the big turnaround. I understand why they want a lot from him. I just don't know if it's realistic about the haul they're trying to get. They should have took that Brogdon deal that was actually reportedly. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought that was that would have been perfect for what they do. That would have been perfect for what they I, do. I, I think they look back and it's like, man, we should have took that trade. Right. I think I wonder if, man, you wonder if Maury isn't overplaying his hand, but you know he's been. I, been I, I knew he would. I knew he would. They got too emotional, man. Once it got to, once it got emotional, I was like, this is going to end bad for them. They have right. to move him because their team is too good to sit to not get nothing in return. It, it's one of those things that got way too emotional. It's it's like the the Nets are doing the same thing. They're rolling a dice on Kyrie, hoping, praying to God that he changes his mind and, and gets that vaccine. It's one of those same things. Like it's tough, man. It's it's really tough. But uh, the thing with the Nets is like they kind of have no choice. Whereas the Philly had a choice to get rid of Ben coming in, but right. Maury wanted to play that game. And it's like, look, bro, you can't win them all. And with the way the league is gone. Right now, it's like your best bet is to get value from guys. Right, that's, that's what, what I think. And I just, I think those teams in the East, you see the the Bucks, Dante is coming back. Mm-hmm. Brooke will be back eventually. I think you got to start thinking about, okay, can we beat that team in a seven-game series as constructed? Like if Kyrie's not going to play, if Ben's not going to play, are we going to beat that team in a seven-game series? And I think – the Nets, I think the Nets will need to fill Kyrie's void, whether it's with Kyrie, if he takes the shot, or with the trade. They're going to have to fill that void to beat the Nets in the seven-game series, especially if Harden doesn't turn this corner efficiency-wise. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, last, kind of sad, uh, Zion, me and Kings both rock with the boy tough, suffered a setback. His imaging revealed that he had his his – his bone actually taking a little more damage than the last time. They ramped up too hard on the uh, on the rehab. He's out indefinitely. They're going to check back in a few weeks. Um, that that's that's the first part. Of the saddest. The other part is a little disappointing. I mean, he's only twenty one, but uh, obviously we know how this is. When things get bad, stuff leaks out. So Zion allegedly, you know, we don't know if it's fact, but people who are tapped in have put this in. Um, Skipping his rehab appointments, mm-hmm. big no-no, falling asleep I, I in the field. One, I heard that one from the summer. Right. Uh, skipping, uh, falling asleep in film, uh, chastising guys on the bench. Um, man, well, how do we feel about Zion right now? I think we both understand. That's a generational talent, man, but the, the intangibles are becoming a little alarming at this point, if we got to be honest. I mean, you look at his film in college. You look at the motor he had on both ends. Yes, that the explosiveness that guy was is just not is not there. 
I mean, he came in, he dominated the league offensively inside as a paint monster, but uh, he was slow to put his effort in on defense to be defensively sound. It looks like he's just playing for himself in New Orleans. And uh, that goes back to what, you know, the worst kept secret in the NBA. <laughs> he just don't, he don't want to be there. Like, I, I just, CAA has thrown the hints out. CAA runs the destination that people are saying he wants to go to. Look, I just, I, yeah, the, the, the people I've talked to who, who are tapped in. I know somebody who's tapped in. Just he just really wanted to be a Nick on draft night. Like he was praying. <laughs> Look, man, it's 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 looking like, you know what I mean. It's looking like he's trying to force some things in New Orleans to where he's trying to force their hand to say, "Look, bro, get me out of here." You know what I mean. And if it comes down to a situation where, you know, New Orleans is bad, and they got that Paolo pick. Hey, hey, look, there, there is some some stuff is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's, it's, Zion. You, there's this kid Paolo who plays the same position. <laughs> the, the, the Pelicans are terrible. So hey, hey, look, look, Zion's a great player. I think when he goes to the team he wants to play for, we right, that's to see that dominant crazy force of nature that we saw offensively with New Orleans as well as both ends in Duke. I think when he's on the team and he's in the environment that he wants to be in, we will see that. But we I, I we won't see that in New Orleans, I don't think, until he gets what he wants to get. That that's how I feel. Yeah, that's kinda that's kinda wild to me, man. I just you know, obviously ideally you would hope that you know, I am. I don't want to be here. I'm gonna make the best of it. I'm gonna lock in. I see what happens when the contract comes up. Boom, boom, boom. But we in the new generation, man. These these kids, if they're not where they want to be, they'll they'll pull out all the stops. And I'm not even saying he is. It's just, just a lot of this is speculation. But New Orleans at this point, what what are their options? They're obviously gonna put the that full max. You know, he made Austin, so he gets that the the, the full max because he's extension eligible after this season. What? What do you do if you're New Orleans, in, in in your opinion? I think a lot, and a lot of it, I think what you said rides on if they get that, what pick they get, whether it's if it's that one two where it's going to be Paolo, Chet, or Hardy, that that top three. I think that makes a difference. But what what do you do? I mean, ideally with New Orleans, you want to draft Chet and keep Zion, right? Like that's what you would want. <laughs> draft Chet, keep Zion, keep Brandon Ingram, build. It's on Zion, bro. When you go to Zion, you offer him the contract extension. You got to see what him and his agent are talking about. You got to see the mood. You got to ask him, do they want to be here? Is this some place they can see themselves staying? Because that extension, once you commit to that, those you locked in for those years. So Zion and his people, if they really don't want to be there, they're, they're not going to come in there, you know, super ecstatic to sign that extension <laughs> to just want to stay there. So you'll you'll find out in those negotiations when you find when you offer that contract contract extension you'll find out what Zion is really feeling and what his people are really feeling. So it, it's going to come down to him. I think you know. I think ideally, if you're in New Orleans, you want to keep Zion, you want to draft Chet, and you want to keep Zion, Chet, and Brandon Ingram. That'd be a great trio to build off of going forward. But it's all on Zion, man. It really is. Yeah, that's what I think. It's just they kind of hands kind of tied, but. I mean, you got to bust a move at some point. That team been rebuilding since, man, <laughs> it's been a while. 
But woo. All right, Kings, before we get out of here, you want to discuss this right now? Steph kind of Steph kind of plateauing, going down, Jokic rising up, LeBron going crazy. The last seven games since he's come back. Um DeMar DeRozan finally kind of well, COVID took him out, unfortunately. Um MVP, obviously KD 51 tonight. I'm sorry. I yeah, KD, got KD, KD, KD and Giannis. Right now, real quick, MVP. The MVP of the NBA season right now is still Stephen Curry, still his, but his lead is diminishing. You have KD coming up. KD, I would say, is number two. Um, and then you have, I think you have a somewhat of a tie between Jokic and Giannis for number um, three. And uh, after that, it's, it's it's really wide open. I mean, I know Phoenix has a lot of success, but it's more team oriented uh, than it is about uh, one individual guy dominating. Um, uh, although Devin Booker is playing at all NBA level, but uh, yeah, I, I really just think right now we're seeing a, a KD closing ground on Curry, Jokic closing ground on the top three, even though his team isn't good. And Giannis is still being dominant like he always is every year since right. he started winning MVP. So that's really the top four. It's going to be an interesting race to see who, clo- who closes out. Right. All right, y'all. There we have it. Make sure you follow at his king for myself, JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. Appreciate you guys tapping in for that feedback last week. We got the mics checked. We good. We back. You should hear this one all the way through. Turn, yeah. you to turn the volume up and down in a whip. It should be a straight ride all the way through. Um, Appreciate all the feedback, all the reviews, uh, even the haters, man. We love you. You feel me? At the end of the day, you know, you're still getting the views. That's up, what so. I'm saying. That's right. Them, that, you feel me? You just still contributed to the download number. So appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, y'all be cool, be safe, and we are out of here. Peace, y'all.